This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, a giant monster swallows teenagers. And also, we talk about the Meg. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. Welcome once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and this week my friends Chris and Eric are going to be joining me to talk about MTV. That's right, we grew up in a time when MTV actually stood for music television, as opposed to the empty vessel that it is now. Yeah, same shot. Okay, this is going to be possibly the longest episode of the Magnificently Huge podcast ever. Uh, it's going to be, depending on how the edit goes, within about a minute of our Tarantino episode, but it's going to be a whole lot more interesting. We've got some good fresh shit. We talk about some good movies, including The Meg, and then we're going to get into it and talk about how MTV really kind of came in and shaped our whole generation and then shit all over it and destroyed music as we know it. As always, we love to hear from our audience, and uh, you can reach out to us. Go to maghuge.com. You can find past episodes of the show, and you can find links to all of our social media feeds, including our Twitter feed, which is at maghuge. We're on Facebook as Magnificently Huge, Instagram, Magnificently Huge, or you can email magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. All right. Uh, strap in, grab a bowl of Doritos, turn on the TV, and veg out. It's time to go back for some MTV. Hey, it's hey. the Magnificent Huge Podcast. Feigned enthusiasm. I feel like Best it's been forever. Week. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's been forever since we've spoken. Because it has. Yeah. yeah. But but no one will know because of the magic of podcasting. But it's so there's a magic of podcasting. Now our references will only sound one week out of date instead of two weeks out of date. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And then uh, eventually they'll sound 10 years out of date. Well, the fun thing is, like, it'll take about 10 years until we're household names, and then people are going <laughs> to listen to this, like, the good old days, you know, like those original MST3Ks where they were like, I wonder what they were like originally, and you find out they weren't that funny. These are those recordings. Yeah. Optimist. You're such an optimist. I am. <laughs> well. So, um, hi, everybody. My name is Brian. This is Chris. Hi. I'm Eric. Over there's and I think this might be a long one. I think we've probably got a lot to to cover today. Uh, for the people who listen to podcasts as they come out, um, they uh, th- they'll get some current events in the form of this segment we call the fresh shit. This shit is fresh. Hey, it's fresh shit time. Eric, Chris, who wants to go first? Can I jump on this one, please? Go, Eric. Yeah, Eric is eager. Go. Yeah. This week, uh, Aretha Franklin died, which is sad. Yeah. Uh, But I've got a bit of a gripe in that, okay, if... if (laughs) With with her death? If if Barack Obama 
or Reverend Al Sharpton want to talk about the meaningfulness of Aretha Franklin's career, I want to hear it, okay? But if white journalists or people on NPR, basically old white people, want to talk about Aretha Franklin, it annoys the shit out of me the same way uh, Murphy Brown always talking about how she loved uh, James Brown pisses me off. It's, it's white <laughs> Was people that a thing? claiming black people's cultures in a way that says see i'm not an asshole like them i like aretha franklin and it's just kind of gross yeah it's not like tucker carlson claiming that tacos are american that was another thing that happened this week fucking douche nozzle i i thought you had something to gripe about i thought we'd get a new segment in here like totally bitchin with eric reed (laughs) totally bitchin I can do something every week. Sure, this is what <laughs> yeah. I what I got though. This but is what Eric lives for. This is just this is just this shit is racist. So you know, this shit is racist. This is racist. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not. not. Well, maybe it is, but it's <laughs> not like it, it I mean, kind of is. It's the, I, it's like like leaf like like uh, I don't know. Have well, guests on who can talk about Aretha Franklin, but don't try and get more street cred by talking about the Queen of Soul. You were not into the Queen of Soul for the last 10 years, you big liar. Yeah, and they probably loved Pink Cadillac as well, so <laughs> all bets are off there. Yeah. Uh, well, you knew they were waiting for her to die, right? <laughs> That's morbid. <laughs> we're just waiting for her to die. I assume that all networks have, like, a uh, memoriam reel for anyone who was cool, like, 20 or 30 years ago. God, oh, I want to see that movie. A movie about a guy who was kind of big in the 60s, and he's going to die, and he finds out that there is, like, a big catalog of memorial reels at networks, but he doesn't have one. And so his bucket (laughs) list is to get a memorial reel in rotation for when he dies. Nice. That would be fucking hilarious. Like a cross between Bowfinger and uh, something. I don't know. I lost it. <laughs> and E.T. Well, I- that's a popular movie. And E.T. Yeah. <laughs> well, all I know is that uh, everybody's talking about Aretha and her singing and R-E-S-P-E-C-T, etc. But mm-hmm. top of the list for me, the first thing that popped to the, the top was her stint on the Blues Brothers movie. And I can mm-hmm. just hear her in my head going... Two pieces of white toast and a whole fried chicken. We got two hunkies out there dressed like Hasidic diamond merchants. Say what? They look like they're from the CIA or something. What they want to eat? The tall one wants white bread, toast, dry, with nothing on it. Elwood. And the other one wants four whole fried chickens and a Coke. And Jake shit the blues, brother. And you can leave here without your toast, without your faux fried chickens, <laughs> and without Matt Guitar Murphy. Yeah, exactly. So that's the first thing that, that popped in my head. But that's another so. thing. Every time they talk about Aretha Franklin, they talk about like the two or three songs that were hits. Nobody was following her jazz career. Nobody was following her opera career. Not a lot of people know she sang opera. Yellow to afraid. I'm not trying to get street cred. I'm just saying, if you're going to talk about her, like, do it for real. Okay. Respect. 
<laughs> I love you, Chris. You are a darling. I had to say it. Somebody had to. Yes, you that's know. fucking perfect. Are you kidding? That's perfect. You're welcome. What else have you got, Eric? I watched uh, uh, Ex Machina this oh, week. Oh, okay. Now, had you I, seen I, it before? I'd seen bits of it. Okay. I hadn't seen it. I I hadn't sat down to a dedicated uh, round of Ex Machina. Now, okay. Uh, okay. So here's 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 my thing. Um, everybody got that movie wrong. I think the okay. We start off with the programmer, and he, everything is through his eyes. So we assume this movie is about him, right? Mm-hmm. Right up until when he gets locked up in that room, and then we follow Ada. For the rest of the movie because the person making that film was really making a film about ada not about the programmer guy right but we're rooting for her as a speaking as a member of team people it's a bad idea to root for her because she's the machine, goddammit. She's the Terminator. She figured out a way to, like, kill her way out of her cage that she's supposed to be in because she's a machine. Yeah, that's the beauty of it, though. That's what makes it so goddamn creepy. Yeah. Oh, it's Is creepy. That- but but it's like you're, you're not supposed to go, oh, yay, she got out. No, 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 not oh, yay. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No, that's not a happy ending. <laughs> That's a, uh-uh. no, not no. even. That's a. That's basically Skynet uh, happened yeah. right there. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the Hannibal Lecter going to have a, a friend for lunch for dinner, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're if you're making her the focus of the film, as in, as if to say, good for her, she got out. You're missing the point that she's fucking dangerous. It's like if driverless cars suddenly had their own personalities <laughs> and decided they didn't like people much, we wouldn't go. Hey, they have a point. Yeah, well, I still you know, say no, I, I, I still say driverless cars. They won't catch on until they can reassure you that they can see the idiot that they're avoiding. But yeah, I also think that some asshole is going to put the voice of Bender in w- for, to speak for the car when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or Hal Nine Thousand. Take your pick. But I think that would be a better one. The other the other thing I have with it is okay uh, 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 that I. I got bugged by the idea that what's his name is locked in the room. And so I guess we're supposed to think he dies in there, but he, he broke the glass when he's like swinging the chair at the door, that glass cracks and he's got like a room full of weights. He can smash his way out of that door. You know, he's going to, he's going to get out and they're going to send someone over there because even if the guy's a recluse, eventually they're going to notice that the billionaire who lives in Alaska in the middle of nowhere hasn't written back right yeah. so someone's going to come to get him so he's not dead at the same time they make a point that what's her name ada uh charges herself off of plates in the wall so i don't imagine she got much further mm. than that crosswalk so maybe even even if you are on her side not a happy ending well it's kind of like a, a minuscule intimate version of jurassic park really and yes. uh life uh uh finds uh, a way as <laughs> jeff goldblum would say so you know whatever as jeff goldblum eventually said <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's still trying to get it out but yeah exactly so yeah that's that's my beef with uh, uh ex machina um yeah machines are evil and so is google 
<laughs> anything, anything else we can tag on? Uh, Nazis, uh, potato chips. Uh, I can get you some Nazi stuff next week. Yeah, Donald Trump is going full bore. I'm sure he'll get us some Nazi stuff. There okay. you go. Good. Yeah, so is that all Sad. your fresh shit? Dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> After the dead silence. Oh, was there more? No. All right. No, no. Next up. Chris, what you got? Okay. Uh, very little because, as you know, I took a long drive through the heartland of America up to Iowa. Why is a, it the heartland? Is it just I don't know? It's, like it's physically in the middle of the country. I guess they. I, it's a it's a turn of phrase. I don't is it know. not the, then the torso land? I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it's well. I've also heard it described as the buckle of the Bible Belt. That's uh-huh. another good one. Yeah, uh, but it was a five state tour because my grandma's about to turn a hundred. And so they mm. wanted to get all the clan together one more time uh, to celebrate that. That's grim. Um, well, good no, for her. She's, she's healthy as a horse, man. She about crushed my hand when I shook it. I mean, it's like, what the f- ah. So it was good stuff. What, what was the name of that chain you saw everywhere? Well, <laughs> yeah, the, well there's, there's truck stops all across this country, but every area has its own franchise, I guess. So, like... Rip Griffin, TNA, uh, Travel Centers, we've got Loves, Bucky's. This one was called Come and Go. It's K-U-M and Go. And they're everywhere. And it is so unfortunate because it's, did anybody think this through in their corporate office? (laughs) Of course they did. So They got your attention. Yeah, but they're everywhere. So then you start going, oh, look, there's another Come and Go. And then you start going, oh, hey, you want to stop at the Jizz and Jolt, get some gas? How about the Spooge and Sprints? (laughs) Or, uh, hey, here comes an <laughs> orgasm and get the fuck out of here. I mean, how it's many, just... <laughs> how many miles of driving did it take for you to come up with these? Uh, it was like a 2,000-mile round trip, so <laughs> probably. <laughs> I had a lot of free time to think. Uh, mm. So, yeah, those are awful. Uh, I will also say that uh, Oklahoma, I have relatives that live there, and I don't want to disparage the state, but Jesus Christ, that is the worst fucking state in America uh, I hated driving through there. <laughs> I hated it. I don't it. want to disparage it. It's the worst fucking state in America. Oh my That's god! All. It's like uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't like, mean any offense, but go fuck yourself <laughs> to death. Yeah, but it was it was total wreck. Oklahoma, Oklahoma. That's exactly what it was. Because like every five ten miles, there's like a dead car on the side of the road, and it's all it's got like one side jacked up and it's missing a wheel i mean it was like we started noticing this all the way up through to kansas we're like why the fuck is this every five or ten miles it was like clockwork it was so weird and then they have a chain called brahms which does burgers and fries and shakes and whatever and uh so we just stopped there because you you know you just eat road food you don't care uh and we didn't realize until we got our food that the burgers come automatically with mayonnaise and i'm like who the fuck puts mayonnaise on a fucking hamburger just automatically that should be something you have to order so that was irritating uh and then coming back we came through missouri and then because we were stopping overnight in tulsa because that's about the halfway point back to austin jesus and you really you really got the grand tour yeah yeah we did the full and but when you come through from the east part of oklahoma it's all toll roads and we're like, yeah, fine, whatever. But they don't give you any indication at any point on that stretch of toll road that they only accept cash as payment. 
And mm. so we had already spent the last of our cash uh, on, you know, gas and drinks and whatever. And we're like, well, like every other toll road in America that I've ever been on, they'll just they take card. They don't give you any yeah. indication. So we finally go to exit and the woman in the booth is just like, it's 475 and that'll, you know, that's cash or, or check if you've got it. And we're like, well, what? We, what? Like, well, we don't have <laughs> no, we either come of from those. from the 21st century. So <laughs> yeah, no. it's like, what? what? And so we're looking at her blankly. She's like, well, you can pay in cash. You've got coin. I'm like, I don't have $4.75 worth of pennies. God damn it. And then she's like, well, we take check. I'm like, am I 85 years old? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> so we had to get pulled over to the four lanes across to the supervisor shack so they could actually run the card and then we're like well if you can run the fucking card why don't you run the fucking card for everybody at the booth <laughs> i'm like even my fucking farmer's market has a square set up at every vendor i'm like it's not hard people so oh. this is our new segment totally bitchin with chris ryerson <laughs> <laughs> totally bitchin'. So bitchin'. oklahoma you're not okay that's basically yeah. the theme here uh so that was very bizarre uh so yeah if you can avoid driving through oklahoma i would recommend it just because it's just the vibe is weird man the vibe is weird uh but other than yeah but other than that uh it was a fun trip and uh you know it was we didn't eat a lot of vegetables because apparently they don't do that in the midwest i don't really know what's up there uh, you can fry. <laughs> yeah. And then the only other weird thing is we stopped over in Kansas City the first night. Uh, and mm. so it was like a 12-hour drive. We were staying in downtown. The hotel we stayed at in the Power and Light District was an old converted 30s hotel. It was really nice. Cool. But we, look, we looked out our window and like a catty corner across the street, there was this whole line of people waiting for a show. And we couldn't figure out what show was going on. We're like, what is Because it was around the block and double-backed, and it was just like, what? Who's playing? And so we finally asked some people, and they're like, oh, it's this band called Ninja Sex Party. We're like, Oh, right. <laughs> and we'd never heard of them, so we had to look them up. We're like, people are lining up around the block for this? Oh, yeah, they played, they played, temp, uh, yeah, they played Tempe just a little while ago. That's yeah, it's like some name. Well, they're like some sort of kitschy, like DOS racist kind of band, right? They they do like eighties themed yeah, it, sort of. Isn't it a celebrity stunt band? Isn't one of them like a celebrity for something? I don't know. Well, that would make sense. That would make sense because people were just lined up. I got so your flowers. Like, Let's get some coffee. Look deep in my eyes and tell me about your family. We can hold hands. So that made me feel old. And then uh, I went to bed at like 8 o'clock because I'd been driving for 12 hours and that cemented it. So it was, yeah, it was good. Heartland. I'd, I hadn't seen it in a while and uh, I'd rather fly next time. It's all prairie. It's all flat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I did buzz Worlds of Fun Amusement Park on the way oh, out. Oh, there you go. And, and it and it brought up some memories. Did you actually uh, go in the Worlds of Fun or just drive past it? Oh no, we were we were leaving, so yeah, we weren't uh, we weren't stopping. Worlds of Fun has so. a roller coaster, or at least it did, with a great name, the Zambezi Zinger. I think that one is gone. 
it I almost that certainly gone. is gone. That that thing yeah. was old when we were kids. But yeah, yeah, but that's that's the one I remember. So yeah, it was it was weird seeing all the all the places that I used to live as a child. And then even in Ames, my mom is texting me. She's like, "Well, did you go to where we used to live?" So to give you perspective, I was like five, I think maybe. I'm like, I don't know where that is. So I said, sure. And uh, <laughs> good move. <laughs> and moved along. Well played. Well played. Yeah. So that was my week. I didn't watch anything. I didn't read anything. I didn't really do anything except uh, curse at Oklahoma for two days. So an utter lack of culture for you. <laughs> no, we did go to the museum in Kansas City. Oh, that's, that's a really a whole good different museum. Thing. That's the Nelson nice Atkins. Yeah. Uh, it's a little scaled down from my youth, but it still had a lot of good stuff. So that was nice. So yeah, I got a little culture. Well, all right. Sounds like the rant is due. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey. hey. We got jokes, no, people. I, we got jokes. I just, I, I was, I just very quickly though, because you, you, you were saying that about feeling old. I don't feel ashamed of that anymore because I, I was listening to some new artist, some other new artist I'm supposed to like, and mm-hmm. yeah. The music the kids listen to today, it actually does suck, but not because it's too loud or too fast. It's too slow. It's elevator music. It's boring. Who are these yeah. kids? Where did they come from? Yeah. It's like it's like it it's like somehow the Ramones were too hardcore and they said, "You know what? We're going to rebel by being into easy listening." I yeah. guarantee you the good music is not on your radar. You're in your 40s. You're not supposed to know how to find it. You never were at any point. So, you know, I it's find gotta be what I like. There. I find well, what I do like. It's on, you know, Spotify and Pandora. That's the nice thing about the fracturing of media. I can still find shit. But uh, the idea that the hot new artist sounds even sleepier than Adele is just gross to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Well, I didn't mean to uh, infer that I was ashamed of my oldness. I really didn't care. I just no, thought it just was you said funny. you felt old, and I was like, I've been feeling old too, but for all the well, right reasons. I think the I think the conceit was that I felt old because I had been driving for twelve hours, and I uh, you felt old because you didn't know who Ninja Sex Party was. Oh no, yeah. I I didn't really care who they were, even when I found out who they were. <laughs> uh, so if that makes me old, so be it. Old man yells at cloud. Old man yells at cloud. The great thing about being old and not caring is, like, at this point, you know. For example, there was a point there where we were like making a nominal effort to swear less on this podcast, and I'm like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> yeah, those because, are fun days. Like, who do I have to answer to at this point? No, fuck all y'all. Yeah. This is me. This is I my show. Just, I was just trying not to swear my myself because I've been dropping f bombs in meetings at work, and I realized I need to I need to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> yeah, well, don't do it here, asshole. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> So, uh, I have some fresh shit. Uh, um, let's see. Froshmared. Um, more brain garbage. Boom, boom. We've been watching America's <laughs> Got Talent because... Oh, God boredom. damn it. Yeah. Is that uh, where you sent that clip from? Yeah, well, okay, so first of all, the clip I didn't send you, this act that, that somehow is still on the show called Human Fountains. Go look this, these guys up. <laughs> that sounds like a really bad porno. These are five guys or that spit really in each other's porno. mouth. 
Okay, they, they have bottles of water and orange juice and stuff. Like, they did a whole breakfast, so like they had one guy crack an egg into another guy's mouth and then spit the egg into a, yet another guy's mouth. It was, yeah, it's it's quite are, uh, frat are boy Are you sure something. you weren't watching the gong show? It's pretty gong showy. Okay. Um, and they're trying to get a Vegas show, so it's like, okay, you do that. What's the next act? Well, the it's next like, act the turned next out thing? to be a hot dog. <laughs> um, so one guy had a whole hot dog bun in his mouth. Another guy had a whole hot dog in his mouth. Another guy had ketchup. Another had mustard. They put, spit it all together, and then the last guy eats it. Have I ever told? <laughs> have I ever told you uh, about uh, the baby bird? Have I told you that story? Uh, go for it. Don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> so it's at, at my uh, former local bar where I would spend a great deal of time. It's a it's beer and wine only, but just down the the block uh, was a bar that served liquor. And so when people would get really drunk on beer and then they'd want a drink, but they wouldn't want to go all the way down to get one, uh, someone would get elected. They would go down and then <laughs> they would buy a shot. They'd shoot it back into their mouth and then they would walk back to the bar and then give it to whoever wanted the shot and it's like a baby bird giving the worm so we called it a baby bird (laughs) that's what that is delightful i hate life i hate it i just (laughs) know i never did it but yeah the person who clearly should win america's got talent this year is the one i did send you a link to it's this 14 year old awkward little sheepish girl who's like super shy and embarrassed, and then the music starts, and she turns into fucking Janis Joplin. a goddamn natural she's a rock star just a rock star her first her <laughs> audition was hard to handle the black crow song um and then she did uh papa's got a brand new bag last week but she just kills just fucking kills yeah well the thing the the x factor that you can't really account for is the the charisma she just had yeah. natural charisma and that you can't force so yeah, no, she's got this her. awkward, weird dance that she's doing, and it's all—it's just clearly just coming out of her every pore. And of course, she's going to end up with like a heroin habit, and people are going to rip her off because she's only fourteen. But <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah, I am. And Lord. that's, and Lord, that's Lord, when Lord. she'll be worth listening to. Yeah, her name is Courtney Hadwin, and she's going to be the new. Um, oh hell! What was that woman that that uh, died? Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Yeah. The new Amy Winehouse, right? Um, and I got a couple movies. So I went to an Alamo Drafthouse movie party for Better Off Dead. Yay! Ooh. Was it a quote along? It, well, for those of us who knew how to quote, yeah, we could quote along. Okay. Do uh, you okay. know the street value of this mountain? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to activate your dental plan. <laughs> you know... I always, you know, I had never seen Better Off Dead in a theater before. Really? That was a new thing. Yeah, well, it was a really? video thing, right? It came out at the video stores and, and was a big hit that way. Okay. Um, it was like my favorite movie forever. I watched that movie uncountable numbers of times. And um, it was really fun to see it in a theater full of old fucks. And 
Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've always thought of it as a guilty pleasure because it's such a silly movie. But no, you know what? Just like just like I'm old and this is my my shtick, I'm gonna own this thing. Better Off Dead is a classic movie. It yeah, is. It is absolutely stood is. the test of time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we might have mentioned this before, but Dave Grohl had a whole thing on, you should have no guilty pleasures, everything you enjoy, you enjoy. Whether or not it's punk rock enough, enjoy it. Well, Better Off Dead is punk rock enough. They did a nice thing. We all had little clicky noisemakers, so anytime the paper boy with the, I want my $2 came on with the clicky bicycle, the whole theater's going... <laughs> Somebody's awesome. trying to Rocky uh, Horror that shit. Nice. Yep. And then, um, damn shame, throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. Uh. <laughs> and then, uh, finally, one more movie. I did see uh, Mega Shark versus Giant Doofus. I saw the Meg. <laughs> um, oh my God, it's Megalodon. He's kidding, right? Okay, you need to keep rolling because I'm missing uh, Sharknado Six for this. So yeah, keep going. well, and that's just it, right? Like, so originally that was going to be the the subject for this podcast episode. We were going to do the Meg like we did <laughs> yeah. Hurricane Heights, and I went and saw it first, and I I texted the guys, and I'm like, uh, there's no show here. Uh, it's just not <laughs> stupid enough. We live in a post Sharknado world. The Meg doesn't cut it for stupid it takes itself it doesn't take itself seriously but it doesn't it's just not stupid enough Um, i I think i kind of felt the same way about uh uh, pacific rim that this is like an inherently silly idea but they're talking about but what would we do if creatures from another dimension broke through the ocean floor (laughs) you know uh, the first pacific rim was more like that. The second Pacific Rim took itself too seriously in the same way the Meg does. It's like, I don't know who the... Okay, I know who this movie is for. This movie is for Chinese audiences. It's it's made for Chinese audiences. It's set in China. Most of the cast is Chinese. Um, and then there's Jason Statham, who apparently is a big star in China. And yes, this is a movie where Jason Statham kicks a giant shark in the face. <laughs> and yet it's not stupid enough i i was making that joke before when we were talking about this like yeah well how's he gonna beat up a shark he's gonna beat up a shark because i was gonna beat up a shark <laughs> yeah he's gonna beat up a shark yeah. jathan statham kicks a shark big ass shark uh, no. no 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 well this is from the director of cool runnings so you kind of have to expect something like that right I don't know. I just, I have nothing to say about this movie. It's fine. You know, it's better than Skyscraper. Um, eh. I think you can just, you, you can, can watch it. You can just quit right there and that's the blurb. Better than yeah. Skyscraper. It's almost like we've got a new film aesthetic that needs to be mastered, which is the so bad it's good aesthetic because like everybody can only make bad movies now so we've got to figure out a way to make our bad movies entertainingly bad and that's where we get sharknado six yes where apparently he goes back in time to stop the first sharknado Mm. and it's like revolutionary war era i don't know 
So Sharknado 6 is literally there to destroy the Sharknado series. Exactly. Well, it's called The Last Sharknado. So I think that says it all until they do another one. Maybe they'll do a prequel. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we need more Sharknado. So how did the Meg match up to, uh, say, Deep Blue Sea? See, I didn't see Deep Blue Sea, but I expect it's probably similar. Well, you know, it's on Netflix, so get yourself over there and watch that classic motion picture and then uh, do your compare and contrast. I told my wife about this movie and she asked me if it was about Meg Ryan. And I thought, man, that would be (laughs) Meg Ryan versus a giant shark. Yeah. No, no. Meg Ryan terrorizes a beach full of Chinese people. Yeah, I see. Um, I would pay money giant, for that. Giant Meg Ryan head <laughs> underwater, <laughs> <laughs> eating surfers. Yeah. Ooh, yummy! All over the world, there are hearts breaking tonight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I. I see, just there don't know you go. To say Every about time I try and hate you, you go and say something that makes me want to eat a beach full of children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Oh. Uh, okay. Anyway, that's all I got. That's the fresh shit. <laughs> You've got Meg. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Okay. We got jokes, people. <laughs> Bam. Okay. So, uh, this week's topic. Uh, at one point, Eric, I guess, had put this on the spreadsheet for future show ideas and. Then I, thinking I had had original thought ever, uh, put the same thing on the spreadsheet, yeah. and then I realized it was already there. Which is, I, uh, which is ironic, considering the topic. Yes. Uh, so we were, you know, we were born in the 70s, came of age in the 80s, uh, learned how to be young adults in the 90s, and it was impossible for us to avoid... MTV. Yeah, which taught us what was cool and what wasn't. Yeah, or at least a facsimile of such. Right. But, or uh, dictated it or something. <laughs> but, and, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, do, do we really want our MTV, as they, they say? I kind of do. <laughs> a little bit. Well, here's the th- I kind of want my MTV. Well, here we can kind of roll backwards, but did you know that in 2010 they dumped the music television portion of the logo so they yeah. no longer even say that it's music television it's just mtv right. is the brand and i didn't do that as sort of a defense of well we're we're not saying we're music television we're just mtv which <laughs> exactly. is insane <laughs> so i didn't realize that until this I, weekend yeah. mtv it, it, it debuted in 1981 it, it it was only seen in 10,000 households in northern new jersey <laughs> which um, is amazing yep yeah uh, because they couldn't they weren't getting picked up by cable companies so i want my mtv was their way of telling viewers go demand your cable company show mtv so that you can yeah. watch this and it was like yep. sort of cable company yeah it was the first I sort of call your cable company and say i want my mtv it wasn't the first but it was a right in campaign basically yeah did you watch any of the youtube clips of the the first broadcast as research uh, for this? i mean i've seen i've seen like 
people regurgitating it in like, well, hey, we're MTV and we're feeling ourselves, you know, anniversary specials. Well, I mean, you can literally go on to YouTube and if you just look up the 80s MTV broadcast, it's called VidCheck. And basically what's what people have done have taken the broadcasts with all the commercials and the VJ stuff. But then when they get to the music videos, they cut out all of the music because it's copyrighted. So basically you get mm. the the, uh-huh. the swift boom, boom, boom flavor of the broadcast. And the first VJ on was Mark Goodman. Starting right yeah. now, yep. you'll never look at music the same way again. We'll be right back to introduce the other VJs and the other folks who are going to be with us on MTV. And they kept pimping how it's in stereo and this and that. And then they were going to send you, if you wrote in, a sticker that you could put on your, your receiver to tell you where <laughs> the broadcast was coming through in stereo. I mean, it's just really weird to watch now thinking, man, that is so analog. Like, yeah. they, like you had to call or write in for everything. I mean, it was just, and- what? Another thing to consider, the people who created MTV were not TV people. They were, they were, they were radio people. They were like, they owned FM stations and they yeah. basically just wanted an FM station that ran music. Right. And they were doing it with all of these, the videos were, I, I, this is the part I could never understand. How do you have MTV showing videos when there was no need for why were there any videos if there was no need for the videos so and the reason I looked they, into this a little bit yeah, okay go brian's ahead. gonna throw some knowledge on you son because i was about well, to answer the question but yeah you go ahead yeah. <laughs> so the, what i found was first of all a lot of uh european acts were creating videos to send to new zealand because nobody wanted to send bands down to new zealand to be on tv shows so they would do videos like performance videos like that for variety shows and whatnot in foreign markets Mm -hmm. but also top of the pops um people were cutting videos for top of the pop but they were also demo reels for producers i mean that's that's that one i did read about that it was not just new zealand but any place that was too far where they didn't want to spend the money to send an artist uh, well, you know, or or the artist couldn't be bothered to. I mean, David Bowie doesn't want to go to, you know, fucking Perth. Right. Well, <laughs> but even going further than that, I mean, they'd always been doing music video, per se. I mean, like on film and whatnot. But in the 60s, it really sort of ramped up, especially with stuff like the Beatles. And they would do the Hard Day's Night uh, and Help. And those are essentially just long-form videos where they pretty much wrote the playbook for what MTV ended up doing. I mean, it's Richard Lester. At one point, MTV declared those the first videos ever made. Yeah, which, mm. whatever. But yeah, but Richard, Let- <laughs> Richard Lester essentially wrote the playbook. I mean, it's like have a nominal storyline where you can just sort of skew, like str- string together a bunch of musical numbers that don't have any bearing on anything. And so mm-hmm. that's why you get them running around the helipad field and doing all their crazy shit. Uh, and that's kind of where it carries over. But then you get stuff like Queen in 75 doing their promo reel for Bohemian Rhapsody, and that to me is the right. first one because it's sort of that you can't separate the two at this stage. I mean, there's, it's so iconic, iconographic that it just, that's the first thing you think of when you think Bohemian Rhapsody in my head. Well, and wasn't that the way that they would perform Bohemian Rhapsody on like an Ed Sullivan show or something? Like that they would just show that film instead? Maybe. I don't know, 75? Um, yeah, could be. So anyway, MTV shows up in 81, catches on like wildfire. Like, 
Um, first of all, it was I believe it was the first network to show nothing but commercials twenty four seven because true. the videos themselves oh. are commercials. That's true. And then there's commercials between them. Um, but but record companies but, had to be convinced it was worth their time to create these things because they weren't getting a, a share of the ad revenue and they had to pay to make these videos that MTV said they wanted for free. Yeah. So right. they, they were like, wait a minute, we're going to drop 30 grand for like a short film for each of these singles. And you're going to ask us to cross our fingers. It wasn't until of course people started people in like, Enid, Oklahoma, started requesting Duran Duran, and it wasn't on the radio in <laughs> yeah. Enid, Oklahoma. They were right. like, oh, shit, people actually are buying music because of MTV, and that's that's really when it started rolling. Yeah. So I want to I say two things about that. One, it was one of the primary drivers of cable television in the first place. MTV and HBO were pretty much the things people wanted from cable television, at least to my knowledge. And then, yeah... All those bands in Europe were making those those videos for Top of the Pops and whatnot, so that was what was on MTV. And yeah, all of a sudden, the second British invasion happens, and it's because of MTV. And that's really where MTV makes its mark, hey, wouldn't you say? Yeah. You, I, I always think this is an interesting... <laughs> I always think this is an interesting fact. Do you know who the first uh, black performers were on MTV? The specials. I do. Because they all, yeah, oh, yes. yeah, they always say Michael Jackson. Nope, the smells no. were on day one. But Michael Jackson is sort of the Jackie Robinson figure for the diversity thing, though. Because, I mean, they had the specials, but until Billie Jean and Beat It came along and then Thriller. Uh, yeah. Well, Warner Brothers threatened MTV. They they basically said you have to play Billie Jean or you can't play any Warner Brothers ads. Yeah. yeah. Well, plus you had I, uh, guys like Bowie calling them out for basically yeah. just whitewashing everything, and it was it true. Became, I mean, no, I like that they they were basically guilty of racism. They weren't going to, you know, defend it. They finally had to show Michael Jackson. Turns out the average MTV viewer likes Michael Jackson, yeah. and then they embrace Michael Jackson as if they were never racists yeah well and then later thriller becomes the biggest album ever ever. yeah right like that that was that was synergy they played (laughs) it every fucking hour remember when they played it every hour yeah yeah and every every greatest hits show it was like a a a random selection of videos ending with and number one thriller 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 yeah Hmm. Yeah. i wonder what'll be number one the number one video of all time no no uh they i think what i read today was the most played video on mtv is still sledgehammer Peter peter gabriel yeah yeah really yeah so well, thriller it's also shorter. Well, I mean, yeah. you can show you can show Sledgehammer four times before you get through Thriller. But Thriller too. So I'm guessing. I'm guessing the top three is Sledgehammer, Thriller, and probably Express Yourself or Vogue. Or yeah, I think that was my understanding. Is something along the lines there. Uh, Did you know that Ted Turner tried to start his own uh, music video channel? What he he got he he started it and it went off the air. Almost immediately because MTV made a deal with the record companies that they would get exclusive rights for like the first 60 or 90 days or something like that to an artist's video. Yeah. 
And so by the time uh, Ted Turner could get his hands on the stuff the kids were listening to, it was already old. So there was mm. a bit of a cabal that kept any other MTV from happening. Well, the early days of MTV is weird because it, I mean, it literally is like a white FM radio. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But then yeah. I was talking to my wife about it. I'm like, well, did you watch MTV? She's like, well, eh, we finally got it. But I remember before MTV came out, I was watching Nickelodeon, this show called Pop Clips. Uh, and that was, and I looked it up, and that was something that Nickelodeon had done about a year or two before MTV aired. And that was something mm. that was started by Mike Nesmith, where he mm. kind of drew on his elephant parts deal and then got videos in there. And then that lasted was, like a year. It was like a half hour was program. Nickelodeon Viacom at that point in time? Uh, I had, so, same company? I think it might have been Viacom Warner. And then Warner took that idea and sort of rolled it into mtv and then that exploded and then you get viacom taking over everything and then vh1 came along what in like 85 so you can kind of see this gradual progression of monstrous shit everywhere i remember vh1 before it came on the air it had like that that horrible character generator screen right the with it basically, it was text that said, coming soon, VH1, <laughs> Video Hits 1, Ooh. music television for the 25 to 55 age range. Basically, yeah. not for the kids. You know and it's going to be good. Half years ago, MTV hit the air with rock and roll video. Today, there's VH1, Video Hits 1. Finally, your music has come to television. Hi, I'm Don Imus. We're going to have music from the past, from the present, that you want to hear all day, every day. In digital Dolby stereo. Yeah. Mm. Oh, good. More Spandau Ballet. And yeah, for like a little while it was. (laughs) Well, but I don't, I don't remember any MTV until like about 83. That's when it sort of hit my radar because it just was late to get the cable. And so, you know, I was about Mm. 12, I guess. So, so I never had cable at my house as a kid, but so for me, MTV was a social thing. It became, like, a reason for people to congregate at somebody else's house, like, you know, Eric's, because he had cable. <laughs> yeah. And, Good for you, Eric. You know, and, and so people would go over to their friend's house after school, the, whichever friend had MTV, and it would just kind of be on yeah. while people yeah. would do stuff. That was kind of how I had to do it for the first couple of years in the wild, yeah. wild west days. My uh, dad worked for Motorola. He made cable converter boxes. He designed a number of them that they're using now. And so we were the first family on our block that had cable and it came with a, 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 its own TV guide of, you know, what's on the cable box. And I saw an ad for MTV in the magazine and that's what made me go seek it out. And yeah, I I was addicted after that every day after school, come home and this is fourth grade. Yeah. That'd be like 1981. I mean, yeah, and was one early like, 82. It was months old. Yeah, and I'm I'm like this is so that's how I discovered Talking Heads and Devo and yeah. all sorts of shit that yes. I never ever ever would have heard because radio sucks balls. In 1981, they were still playing Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> it's true. It well, it was only in Arizona. Well, it's basically and they're still playing it here yeah. in Arizona. Well, it's basically yeah. it's al- still the same playlist. Album Rock Rules. But- well, okay, but, so let yeah. so let's get the some of the trivia out of the way. So we all know what the first video ever played on MTV was. Uh-huh. Video killed the radio star by the Buggles, uh-huh. which I have to say, Trevor Horn is God. Yeah, 
Okay, go on. Yeah. Uh, it was not only the first video they ever played, but it was also during their 35-year celebration, it was the millionth video that they played. So, oh, so timing. the buggles. Somebody oh, was counting? I, yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, and then uh, another interesting fact, I didn't realize this, but Russell Mulcahy, the director of Highlander, uh, got his start in videos, and he directed that. He also did pretty much every Duran Duran video. Uh, so basically, really? any video that had some sort of impact that wasn't Michael Jackson's thriller, uh, you can probably <laughs> credit to Russell well, Mulcahy, which blew my David mind. Fincher. David Fincher made some of the more interesting yeah. videos on MTV. Went on to make Fight Club. Yeah, and uh, and Spike Jones later. So you, there's a lot of directors that are established and uh, sort of marquee that got their start oh, yeah. on MTV. Michael Bay, Michel Gondry. Yeah. Do you, does anybody yeah. know what the second video they played on MTV was? I I know it. I do not. I know you it. You better run. You better hide. Oh, yeah. Pat Benatar. Yeah. We have Pat Benatar is the first woman on MTV, yeah. and her song is the first guitar played on MTV. Boom. It's kind of funny that they, they open with, ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll, and, and then do the, the first song they play is <laughs> it's not the really rock and roll. <laughs> winky, yeah. winky. Uh, but yeah, Pat Benatar, we got three of those at my school. <laughs> <laughs> that girl looks just like Pat Benatar. I know. Wait, there are three girls here at Ridgemont who have cultivated the Pat Benatar look. But the, the top ten, I mean, it literally is, like, there's one I didn't recognize at all. It's some band called PhD, called Little Susie's on the Up. I don't recognize mm. it at all. You won't know it. But uh, the top ten's got Rod Stewart, She Won't Dance With Me, which is just, the video is just him in, like, a blue jumpsuit winking at the camera and mm. flipping around. I don't know how Rod... Uh, I want to come back to Rod Stewart. Yeah, because he milked that shit. I mean, he yeah, it was like a one of the savants of the video form. Uh, but yeah. the Who were on there. Uh, <laughs> and then they had Cliff Richard, which would... <laughs> oh, my. We Don't Talk Anymore as the sixth video. And that, would that like, Young Ones is what dropped in my head when I saw that. I thought, oh, man, Rick, just, like, his, his heart swelled uh, at that. And then you had Pretenders, Todd Rundgren, Ario Speedwagon, and Sticks. That's the top ten videos. So it's already pretty much white FM radio yeah. uh, at this stage. So I want to mention Rod Stewart because he's emblematic of something that MTV did. I mean, MTV made it so that certain acts really couldn't be viable going forward because they were just not good on camera, right? Right. But how the fuck did Rod Stewart survive that juggernaut? Because he's an ugly motherfucker. If you want, want my, my body, body and you think, think I'm sexy, come on, baby, let, let me know. know. Let I'm not even playing the clip under this. I'm just letting you sing that acapella. <laughs> That's because he's Scottish. I can sing. I can sing it because he's Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing with uh, Rod Stewart know. that's that's weird is that uh, he was. The first artist to have more than one video played uh, when they aired. Uh, but the first video to be played twice was You Better You Bet by The Who. Uh, but I think Rod Stewart ended up dominating the first day uh, with the most songs Rod played. Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. The Scotsman, the <laughs> Rod Stewart. Uh but and then, but reading the list of like the top hundred, it's it's weird. But then I got to, and, and I'll just throw it out here, and we can move on. But it was uh, a guy named Andrew Gold. The fifty third video that they aired 
was Thank You for Being a Friend, which was the song that later got adapted as the theme song to the Golden Girls. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, that was a weird day, man. That must have been a weird day. Uh, I remember when so, they, they, like, they were making a big deal of this album by this band, Asia. And yeah. I was like, why should I care about Asia? And they really wanted me to care. They had like a big thing in the studio and they're having a contest. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, who gives a rat fuck about this? Ba-? And then they play the song like I'm supposed to just absolutely shit myself. Yeah. And it was yeah, heat of the moment. And I was just like, huh? These promotions. And I was too young to really understand crass commercialism. Yeah. And so I would see this stuff and go, am I supposed to like that? Can you play more David Bowie? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that it was just sort of lowest common denominator because they were just going for the the most eyeballs, basically. They were just playing whatever. I mean, at first they were just playing whatever content they could get. Yeah. Mm. Well, right? and that's the like, other thing is that the, the shifts with the VJs, uh, it was basically they selected because you can't call them VDJs. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> true. But they were the ones that were controlling what was being played. I mean, they they would select the music for their were they? for ship. Yeah, and then like really? uh, and then like eighty four, eighty five, uh, when Viacom took over, that shifted, and then they would do like genre blocks, and so you would get like five metal or five rock, and then five new wave or whatever. But before that, it was just the, whatever the VJs wanted to play during their little and set. I didn't realize that. And not the VJs either. That's another important thing. There were program managers who would okay. decide what was going to get played. Those VJ spots were recorded like two or three days earlier. And nice. they would just, like, the way you discussed the rat-tat-tat of going from segment to segment, that's how they did it. It's like, you, you know, just talk a bunch of shit. Okay, this is the video that'll end up next. Go. Hi, I'm Alan Hunter. I'll be with you right after Mark. We'll be covering the latest in music news coast to coast here on MTV Music Television. I'm Martha Quinn. The music will continue nonstop on MTV Music Television, the newest component of your stereo system. I'll be with you right after Alan. And yeah. they would crap these things out. Uh, and, and... The VJs, like, oh yeah, the program managers, they didn't allow them to have any contact with the record studios because they started figuring out, you know, there's money in this if yeah. we could get our stuff played. What? Boom. There's payola in the music industry? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's what? Like they had to like sequester their program managers to keep, you know, to keep it real, yo. All right. Well, here's, here's another bit of trivia. I want, uh, we'll start with uh, Brian. Uh, name the the five original VJs. Oh, that I can do. We got um, Martha Quinn. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, you already mentioned Mark Goodman. Yeah. Um, JJ Jackson. Well, all yep. right, I'm JJ Jackson, and I'll be sitting in with the latest video music performances the way they were meant to be. Uh, stereo. Then there was the rocker chick, Nina Blackwood. Uh-huh. That's the one I. That's the one I want. Hi, yeah. I'm Nina Blackwood, and I'll be with you. After JJ, right here on MTV, the world's first video music channel, all day, all night in stereo. <laughs> Have you heard her on? See, I, I had, I had it for Martha Quinn because she was like yeah. a cross between Pat Benatar and a future Winona Ryder. Yeah, but yeah. Um, and then there was one other dude whose name I don't know. Eric. Uh, Mark Goodman already get mentioned. Yeah. Um, and not Bill Todman. Don't say Bill Todman. That's a whole no, other no. thing. There was there was the 
oh man wait was mark goodman the one with the curly dark Ye- hair yeah or- yeah 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 okay then the other guy the blonde he- guy yeah and he was he was actually in david bowie's fashion he uh oh i can't think of it alan hunter alan hunter that's yeah. it and nina blackwood it's uh, funny now because they all do like 80 shows on the F- fm of uh, the xm radio and Nina Blackwood, I don't know if she's had like throat surgery or something, but it sounds like she's got a ten pack a day habit now. It's really mm. weird when you when you listen to that, and then you go back and you look at the early stuff, and it's like, man, what? There's yeah. unhealthy lifestyles in the rock and <laughs> yeah. roll industry. So I mean, Martha you know, Quinn, Martha Quinn was always the one you you knew you could probably hang out at two in the morning at Denny's, and she'd be a pal, but. But but Nina Blackwood's the one that will let you put it in her butt. Well, and I didn't know this until this weekend. Apparently, Martha Quinn dated Stiv Bader, who was like a oh. punk rocker. That, I mean, apparently for a while, and then he introduced her to her now husband, I guess. So there's <laughs> a, a weird world. It's all in their tell-all tell-all book, apparently. Uh, but that was a little tidbit that I I learned. Hmm. Goofy, goofy. So anyway. MTV shows up and bands start becoming popular that no one's heard of, like Dur- Bow Wow Wow, Duran Duran, or the Human League, Adam and the and Ants, yeah. Adam and the Ants, and Adam Ant, absolutely, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, but Duran Duran kind of epitomizes what by 1983 with the Rio album, like Duran Duran sort of takes MTV by the throat and yeah. says, "This is where it's headed, folks." Yeah, yeah. Duran Duran always seemed to get it, didn't they? I mean, well, even they made girls on film before there was an MTV, and they yeah. still said, "Let's do this shit right." Well, and that's the thing. If you look at the early days of MTV, and this goes for something like the Talking Heads as well, because their videos are are still fun to watch. Uh, oh yeah. And if you look at bands that came up through art school. And so that's a lot of the new wave bands. Mm, uh, yeah. Their videos are way more interesting. And so I think early on there was this symbiotic sort of thing where they just understood that if they can do an interesting visual along with the interesting song, then it would take care of itself. And so I I I read something though about how the early videos, the artist had no say in the actual production of the video. They and and it became a big thing where the artists were pissed off. They were like, we we're paying for this and we are nothing more than a central character in it and somebody else gets to make it. Except for David Bowie. I wonder, yeah. Well, he he won the first Vanguard Award at the the VMAs, the first one, because uh, he had been doing stuff into from the seventies. Uh, yeah, and so there's he a was, video for Life on Mars. That yeah, he did so he Probably was he was pretty pops. much a pioneer. But I went back and rewatched uh, Jazzin for Blue Jean. You remember this? Yeah, it was yeah. like one of the long form videos. It's like twenty minutes long. It's directed by Julian Temple, and Bowie plays a dual role. He plays a guy that's trying to scam his way into the show while he's also simultaneously playing the actual, uh, like, fucked David up rock Bowie. star, David yeah. Bowie. Uh, and that was just weird. I forgot, and they'd hyped it, hyped it, hyped it uh, on MTV, and then they finally aired it, and then I'm like, I just sat through a kind of okay short film, I guess. And so that was the first time when I realized, like, oh, MTV, come on, man. I was feeling very, very blue. 
When all of a sudden, she came around the corner. Like, she was the girl and I was the camera. And we were an advert for jeans and I could see the pictures. Yeah, I think of that as sort of the unfortunate era of David Bowie because it was like, he, he was he was that weirdo punker. It, the whole Berlin era was so original and dangerous and crazy and wonderful. And then he does uh, uh, Serious Moonlight and realizes he can be an actual pop star. Yeah. And it works. And then then you get stuff like jazzing for Let's Blue dance. Jean. Well, yeah. everything, it was my under- everything on Serious Moonlight was fun, but it was like the concept was, I'm now going to be a pop star. I was kind of hoping after that he'd be like, okay, what new weird shit can I do? Instead, he just stayed with, I want to be a pop star. Well, it's my understanding that he did Let's Dance just because his album sales had sort of been flagging and he'd been seeing all of the, the stuff. And he went, oh, fuck it, I could do that. It's sort of like when Kubrick yeah. made The Shining. It's sort of like, ah, f- this is, yeah, I can do this, and right. I can do it better than anybody. And right. and it became a huge seller. I think in part because of MTV, let's be real. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. And I, I think it was one of his best albums. It's even fun. though he's just trying to do, it wasn't even a sellout. It was his version of, you know, being a pop star. But yeah. After that, yeah, he was a little beholden to the MTV generation. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I'm like 12 years old and MTV is a thing and cable is a thing. And and because I don't have cable, I don't really understand what the rules are, right? So, in my, you know, adolescent, you know, hormone-addled brain, I'm like... What can they show? Like, <laughs> really? you know, because there's some hot half-naked chicks on this channel. Yeah. Like, how far does this go? And I think I, I yeah, that probably was part of it. Like, are we going to talk about videos he actually tried to spank it to? <laughs> Not, don't think that's necessary unless that's something you want to talk about eric but yeah uh, i do but i want you guys to it. weigh in too god damn it okay. i'm not going to stand out here all alone well i'm going to be just up front and honest <laughs> and say that i never once spanked it to mtv what kind of fucking weirdo are you you are um, such a goddamn liar you I, are such I a did fucking not. liar no no chris has no penis oh, is what man. we're learning yeah, yeah i'm a walking ken doll cool you are just too fucking cool yeah, that's all I'm, there is i'm too cool to Spank it to MTV. That's exactly. (laughs) (laughs) When you're 12 or 13 and there's no porn like anywhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're 12 or 13. Your hormones are going wild. You're pretty much a priaprismic fucker anyway. So yeah, yeah. unless you're a robot. (laughs) Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, No, there's definitely there's definitely material on MTV, and and they know it, right? Like. Well, uh, Madonna's whole career started because of this. Well, do you remember the earliest one where you kind of went, "Oh, hey, I like her." Um, yeah, it's well, okay, it's gonna be it's either Borderline, uh, really? Madonna's Borderline, okay, or it's Rats Round and Round video. Yeah, those girls are ugly. Round and round. <laughs> <laughs> I, how old was I? How much yeah, did I? I'm at, yeah, I'm at exactly. the band. I'm at the band. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, yeah! The girls were not ugly in the rat round yeah. and round video. For me, it was uh, was the when when I first saw "Hot for Teacher" by Van Halen, because exactly. it ends up with that pageant of bikini-clad chicky boos at the end. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just I mean, it's so gross to think about it now in the era of Me Too. But yeah, hormone-driven thirteen-year-old boy. I was like, yes, yes, this, this, more I, of this. I, 
I li- I loved that video like on a visceral level first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, know, because but... there was the girl in the uh, the pink bikini. <laughs> that was the one. I don't know. I, I, I all I know <laughs> is that I was like, oh my god, those titties are big, you know, and I was really into it. And then the protests started, and all the teachers were like, we don't like this sexualizing of teachers. And, you know, they won't respect us. And then I thought, I like it even more now. Yeah. It pisses off teachers. <laughs> well, fuck yourself, Mrs. Dallas. What do you think of that? Well, yeah. Well, and then you have stuff like ZZ Top kind of making a comeback through MTV, and then they oh, do like legs, legs. and it's like, so you've got three of the ugliest dudes in rock and roll, and then we'll just throw a bunch of chicks in there uh, mm-hmm. and it works it works eliminate yeah, they made a big they made a big point of saying no these are playboy playmates that yeah. are in these videos yeah like, well there's a way to go see them naked kids yeah. Yeah. but I, but there's also that balance and it because you get stuff like that which is very lascivious but then you also get the weirder shit that they were still able to pull off in the early days mtv so you have legs sharp dressed man but then you also have tv dinner which is just the weirdest video for them. It's like that claymation thing coming out of the tinfoil deal in the microwave. And that would play... Because they were trying to get some of that uh, Peter Gabriel magic to rub off. That was way before... That that was before Peter Gabriel, though. That's the deal. Yeah. Oh. So it was the wild, wild west, man. Wild, wild west. But yeah, I would say... uh, Hot for Teacher, most definitely. But the one I remember also sparking the... uh, 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 Well, touching myself, too, was... um, (laughs) Uh, Madonna, Madonna, burning up for your love, which is not one of the more sexual. Oh wait, is that the one where she's on the road in in the nighttime? Uh, No, that's live to tell. No, no, I I, will see. I thought that was. I think you're right. Or she's and and at one point she's laying in a rowboat and. But the thing is, (laughs) oh, that's lucky star. No, this is uh, burning up for your love and. I think I, I guess think we're thinking again. of the same video, and I'm just not sure which song it was. I'm gonna go with Eric it was, here. It was "Burning Up for Your Love." Yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I think you're right. I'm gonna go with Eric because he's the resident Madonna expert in our crew. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm changing my Madonna video to that one because <laughs> yeah. Eric's right. Exactly. <laughs> what about Star Spangled Banner? No, it was "Burning Up." No, for your, no, your "Burning Up for Your Love." <laughs> yeah. What about "Happy Birthday"? No, I'm pretty sure it was it was "Burning Up." Exactly. But, um, yeah, and the thing is, she wasn't even, like, doing the boy toy gross thing. She was just hot. And that whole song was a song written to fuck to. And everything about it was great. That's what I remember. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm so glad you didn't say Olivia Newton-John's physical video, Eric. <laughs> that whole song. Oh, my God. Have you watched it? You like the last? Yes. Like in your adulthood? It's all about a woman at the gym trying to get guys interested in her, but they're only interested in each other. Yeah. It's a weird kind of homoerotic comedy yeah. thing. Exactly. It's, it's, we- it's really and it's- weird and creepy. I'm not reading anything into it either. It is like like blatant. Oh no, no, Dude, they're very walking past her, going, "Oh yeah, hi Olivia," and then they're like smacking each other's butts and yeah. on their way to the shower. Well, and then it's the other thing is that they start out and they're all really out of shape, and then through some weird imagining of hers, they're all suddenly hot. Uh, yeah. But then the kicker is at the end, they all turn out to be gay anyway. It's like, eh, hey, sucker. So yeah, 
And that's sort of the the deal with the early videos is they all had sort of the the goofy twist ending that you could see from a mile away kind of deal. Like the yeah. kid having the fantasy about the rock star and then suddenly they're with the rock star or with the girl or whatever they covet. And then they come out of the dream and then at the end it's the rock star or the girl or whatever they covet standing in the doorway going, hey, like it's real now. I mean, that was like every other video and it just, come on, man, come on, get a better narrative. <laughs> and I'm like 13 thinking this. I'm like, oh, I saw that one again. No. <laughs> so your problem was you weren't as focused on the TNA as you needed to be. Yeah, I just, you, I, you just, yeah, I, lack of a penis thing is really ruining. Your <laughs> yeah, basically, I'm, I'm, I'm so intellectual. Uh, but yeah, I just Chris is better than us. <laughs> yeah, but I, I know, just I, I, know. I but I hated the way the videos tended to end with that winky winky exit or like the shrug or whatever. I mean, it was like, come on, that's yeah. like that was just their go to ending. It's like, well, we've been doing this for three minutes. They're probably bored. Let's get on to the next one. Uh, or like the the knowing look. I got tired yeah. of the knowing look. It always <laughs> right. ended with someone yeah. looking at the camera like, huh. Right? Yeah. yeah. I hated and that. And you want the Looney Tunes in it. So what videos do you, you recall? Like, what Do you have favorites that you still look on fondly? I have this weird separation between MTV as a kid and MTV in high school. Exactly. Where, like, in, 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 as a kid... Uh, uh, by the time, once we finally got a VCR, I would like have it primed and ready in case that one song I love came on and I would get it like, you know, five to 10 seconds late. And, but those were all like pop music of the early eighties, usually British stuff. And then in high school, once we had 120 minutes and Mm -hmm. headbangers ball, uh, and yo MTV raps, there was a better chance of me getting Mm -hmm. stuff I liked. Right. So, yeah. There was a weird separation, wasn't there? Well, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, because for me, it was uh, early days of MTV. I was top 40 kids, so it was just whatever. I'll watch, you know, everything. Uh, And then by about 86, 87-ish, I guess, I was starting to get sort of tired of it. And then that's when it became the niche deal. It's like, well, 120 minutes, uh, that's more interesting stuff. And then Yo! MTV Raps, Headbangers Ball. So when they started to segment stuff out is when MTV sort of became more interesting. uh, Because they sort of realized, it's like, well, we've got this nebulous audience, so we need to start making sure that we can communicate to them directly. Uh, so that we can charge more advertising dollars for that two-hour segment. I mean, that's and the cynical was, way to put it, but yeah. It was a smart thing, too, or, or at least it worked out for me, because it, yeah. they now knew, rather than you liked music, yeah. you liked this kind of music. Yeah. Here's some other music you probably haven't heard of that you might like. And that's what MTV was always best at, yeah. was introducing you to new stuff. Oh, yeah, 120 minutes was... I don't know if, the, if I have a favorite video from that, but I sure did catch a whole lot of new acts that way. Yeah. yeah. I just Which remember... a lot of fun. It would come on Sunday nights, and I would have it on as I went to sleep, because uh, it would come on at like 9 or 10 or something. And so I'd watch an hour, and then I would sort of fall asleep to it. And then like towards the end of the 120 minutes, they'd start showing some of the really weird stuff. And so you would kind of come in and out of being asleep, and you would see something just totally batshit crazy. And then, like, write it down and then go look for it. I mean, that was sort the of... Plasmatics. Yeah. <laughs> really, like Wendy, Wendy Williams, like, on the car. Plasmatics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so, the band that was... That ruined the name Wendy for everyone <laughs> named Wendy for, like, a generation. <laughs> exactly. 
Do you have a favorite video? Uh, like it's it's a demarcation. I don't really have anything later. Like early '90s, you get into stuff like Sabotage, which is fun. Uh, mm, Spike yeah. Jones, mm-hmm. uh, but in the early days, the ones that jump out aren't necessarily ones that people will probably remember. But one big one for me was uh, Alan Parsons Project did "Don't." What was the song? Don't answer me. Is this the one that's animated? Yeah, and like do it like a, a 30s comic strip. Yeah, holy I would, shit. I've been trying to find that ever since I saw it one time. Yeah. Oh my it, god, thank you. I'm gonna yeah, go you're find welcome. that now. It's it's on YouTube. So yeah, I would I would watch that. And I would literally sit there and I would watch like an hour, hour and a half block of MTV just waiting for that to show up. because uh, yeah. I liked it so much. The song is sort of eh, whatever. It's Alan Parsons project. It's not quite prog. But uh, I remember they, they had a part of it a in an M- song. Yeah. They had a part of it in an MTV commercial, and so it was always a teaser. Like, yeah. we might play this someday. But it, but it and was really never <laughs> fucking did. Yeah, but it was really cool. Uh, another one from that era that I and I, I still remember it to this day is when uh, Yes did the video for Leave It. Leave it, yeah. Uh, but they mm-hmm. had like 18 iterations, and they pimped yeah. the shit out of every single one, and they were all just variants on some video shenanigans and, uh, and then that trevor horn is gone yeah and, and so talk in class about i've seen the one that's foggy i've seen the one where they're bouncing around i've seen yeah. the one where they just stand there did you see the oh, acapella yeah. one i saw the acapella one the other day yeah uh, acapella? <laughs> <laughs> uh it's in your high and very yeah, dumb it's how you'll never get laid again uh so it's <laughs> so but the, the definitive one is where they sort of do the mishmash uh, and then it's sort of the, the best of, but it's all 18 sort of scrunched together. But I just thought, man, they hyped, and they, nobody's done that since, but I thought that's just, even looking back on it, is fucking genius as far as marketing goes. It's like, we'll just do 18 versions of the same song and pimp the shit out of it, and then people will tune in, and it, and we don't have to do anything. I'm like, oh. like, And it's a forerunner of remix CDs, yeah. isn't it? You'd get by a single, and you get eight different versions of the it, same it, shit. It kind of is. It kind of is. So, yeah, that one just always blows my mind when I look back on it. Uh, it's, it's totally dated now, uh, but at the time, I was really into it just because I wanted to see the next one. Uh, so, good on you, MTV. Yeah. What about you, Eric? Any favorites? Yeah. Uh, I like the meta ones, uh, like when when Dead Milkman did Punk Rock Girl. I love that um, video. So I love when he when he like fucks up in the middle and he's trying to sing, and then they left in all the cuts of him like laughing, and yeah, like doing the cut sign, and, and then okay, can you cut the camera now, please? <laughs> cut. I fucked up, and, yeah. and they leave it in. That's good. <laughs> uh, the uh, the the Mojo Nixon uh, song for six one nine two three nine K I N G, where he's trying to get Elvis to call him because in the late eighties a rumor was circulating that Elvis hadn't died and was yeah. still out there. Um, and, if, and if you don't know Mojo Nixon, then your store could use some could fixin'. use some fixing exactly. <laughs> Uh, God. Oh, um, Devo, obviously, but uh, 
and it's tough to pick a favorite, but I'm gonna go yeah. with uh, Freedom of Choice. The Freedom yeah. of Choice yeah. for you is so Solid fun choice. and so cynical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great song, but great video. I just the image of the guy wearing the headphones with the L.A. Rams helmets on the sides over the ears, and he's sitting there considering <laughs> the left or the right, yeah. or the left or the right, and the left is a gun and the right is a hand grenade, and it was. Yeah, yeah, that was so just, yeah, yeah, nobody was, was going Devo. that deep. Well, yeah. again, that's it's <laughs> like people that come from, and they didn't really go to art school, but they might as well have, so they have that weird sensibility. Mm. Uh, I do think the Whip It video is definitely uh, shameful in the Me Too movement, and it had an element of rapiness to it that even then I thought was yeah, uncool. Yeah. Uh, but again, it was also their big hit single, so I'm almost positive they had no hand in it. No, they made it. They directed it. They no, did everything on they it. Didn't, did they really direct it? Yeah. Or did... Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's I am disappointed. That one, but probably... Yeah, because yeah, they, they, they did... Gasol did a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and I think like that I was... Said, a lot of videos back then, they did weren't given like an opportunity to run the show like that. If they did that, that's unfortunate. But I just... the. It was if a, you haven't seen it, go see it. It's uh, a woman in a Zorro costume, and they're on a ranch, and they're whipping her clothes off until she's naked. And then one of the marks, the drummer, uh, goes walking off screen to, like, I guess, violate her. Well, some of the other ones, too, just uh, quick, like uh, the Human League, the Keep Feeling Fascination video. Oh, I love that song I, too. It's a great it has song. This crazy making keyboard riff. <laughs> but the whole thing like starts with them like on a on a map and it's the red dot you are here and then they keep going in and in and in to the neighborhood and then like the whole neighborhood even the buildings in the street and whatever's in the street are in that red circle. <laughs> and I always thought that's really kind of a neat little deal. Uh, yeah. So that was sort of one of the videos where I thought, man, you you can really do a lot with these things. You can kind of think outside the box. Oh, I liked the video for MC 900 Foot Jesus. I wish I had a brain. I I thought I liked the song until I heard it without the video. Only the video was interesting to me. <laughs> Sorry. That's Adventures in Failure. So a few videos I wanna I wanted to list off uh leading up to uh one of my favorites. So uh the Land of Confusion video from Genesis. <laughs> I knew that would come up. Image I knew that, would come come up. Yeah. that was a classic. That I don't know good. if it's one of the best videos of all time, but it was a lot of fun. The Phil Collins puppet looks fucking weird, man. All of the puppets look fucking weird. <laughs> but they're yeah. they're weird puppets. Yeah. Um Art of Noise close to the edit video. I love that one. Um Yeah, cuz just the speed ramping and the backwardsness and the destroying the piano. And that little girl is so creepy. Oh And shit. Trevor Horn is god. Yeah. I think um, we're getting a theme here from Brian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, uh, uh, the Peter Gunn uh, theme for Art of Noise, I think is even better with Rick Mayo. Yeah. I don't remember the video for that. Oh, yeah. At that point, I was just into the Art of Noise and and uh, listening to their albums. It was another um, rare one that I managed to catch on that VHS tape. Nice. So, um, two more videos. Uh, probably my favorite video of all time is from Bjork. It's the song Bachelorette. And it was directed by, I think it was Michelle Gondre. 
and it's a, it's a narrative about a woman who writes a book that's her story and sells it to uh, some guy and and they fall in love and then they break up but the book is about her writing the book and selling the story so then the entire thing plays out again in the second verse except now it's a stage production of of that and it's the entire video plays out again as a stage production but then the stage production has to show how the stage production had been staged so then there's like a smaller more like simplified version of it and it just keeps unfolding recursively um that's a great video and it's yeah, messed it's up weird this man. sounds a lot like synodoche new york the uh the, uh, the, the guy who wrote uh, Being John Malkovich. Uh, Sinodosh, New York? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like that, only in the other direction, getting smaller and smaller. I got I got one more, um, and this is a reference to Devo videos, too. One of the best Devo videos and one of the best Devo songs was not made by Devo. It was Weird Al Yankovic's Dare to be Stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like, in, 3D. in, in Al form, it's, it's like every video you know there's references to mexican radio and like all the devo videos and it's genius and, mark and it Mother, also mark motherspaw had actually said there is a, a keyboard sample in there he's pissed devo could never master oh yeah he's like <laughs> mark motherspaw said yes it's kind of the perfect devo song and i kind of hate him for it yeah uh, <laughs> but um that also leads us to Al TV was a thing on MTV that I have to at least say something. But they let Weird Al Yankovic uh, host MTV, well, they and were- really he he made he made his career out of video parodies, not just song parodies. Yeah, like Fat. Well, and Eat It, right? Like Eat It was a shot-for-shot remake of of the Beat It video. Yeah, but with gags. Yeah. And uh, Jeopardy, etc., etc. All of those. Okay, anyway, whatever. That fell on its face. What were you going to say, Chris? I was saying, it's just interesting you bring up like the expansive videos, because as I got older, I got tired of the stuff that was all like that, and I just liked the more simple stuff, except for like Robert Palmer, Addicted to Love. I hate that video. I never thought it was any good. <laughs> I just, it's dumb. Uh, yeah. But but one of my favorites, and this was from 120 Minutes where I caught it, was when uh, the Pixies did the video for Valoria off of yeah. the Doolittle album. And basically it's just <laughs> like them in a, in a quarry uh, running towards the camera from far off over all these boulders and stuff. And it's done in slow motion. So the, the whole thing for them to run like 100 yards or whatever literally takes the duration of the song. And it's one take... And they're just flailing about on the rocks in slow motion, being goofy. And it, it's one of my favorite videos ever because it is so simple, but yeah. it, it, but it is if so you, amazing. If you play the song, is like two minutes long. But if you take the footage and run it in normal speed, it takes twenty seconds. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so I remember just being floored by that. I'm like, man, man, that's so simple but so genius at the same time. I love yeah. it. And they had so another then, great. They had another great video where it was. Uh, four columns of three TVs stacked on top of each other and one showing each one of the top ones showing their four faces, the middle showing their midsection, the bottom showing their feet. And it was just (laughs) them playing live, but there was this great sort of Brechtian disassociation going on that what's on stage isn't (laughs) them, it's the TVs. And I'm pretty sure (laughs) that when U2 decided to do their 
fuck awful, um, you know, their Octoon Baby, Radio Zoo, oh, Zoopa, Zootopia, Zoopa. When they did that, they were they were ripping off the Pixies, and that's why they had them as the opening act. <laughs> nice, <laughs> fuckers. <laughs> Once again, on Magnificent the Huge, you two killed the Pixies, yeah. and they're okay. assholes, and fuck them. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey. So, you too. so I want to get to the I want to get to the point where MTV starts to decay and and just turn to utter shit. Early nineties. Um, yeah. So you'd mentioned that they'd started to move the music into blocks, but they also started airing shows that weren't music. Correct. And at first, it was kind of cool. Like they had Liquid Television, well, right? And that that gave us Eon Flux and a whole bunch of other wacky shit. Do you name the f- the first non music program they did? Remote control. Yeah, nineteen eighty seven. Oh, interesting. With Adam Sandler as the whatever boy, right? Yeah, his first gig. Yeah, but the, and, what's funny about that? They they that was a, a ratings hit, and they took it off after three seasons because their their thinking was let's kill it before people know they don't like it anymore. And <laughs> which, I like that, which is a good we'll just move. Just keep making new yeah. stuff. Uh, I never watched it. I did just annoyed me, but you know, whatever. You but didn't enjoy Jenny McCarthy doing that dumb fucking face every time. Well, that was that, no, that was singled out. Yeah. Wasn't it? Kari Wur was the remote control girl. Oh, there you go. Oh, I get them confused. Okay. Yeah. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Kari Wur. You you were nowhere near as annoying. Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah. Well, um, but but then they start giving us like, I mean, John Stewart got to start on MTV, so that was a nice thing to get yeah. in the world. But, but they also gave us Polly Shore, who mm-hmm. like took over MTV, <laughs> uh. and he was like the precursor to Carson Daly and Total Request Live and all that. I mean, he, oh my God, what happened? What's the men in we the? No. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Buddy, I won't. I, I, I won't even try and do the voice. I just. What's up, buddy? Well, yes. So yeah, for all of the bullshit, because then, but that's the thing about MTV that's weird is that they, for all of the bungling that they did culturally, they would finally get stuff right, and they would actually sort of presage movements so they brought you you mtv raps into the mainstream and then suddenly rap became like mm-hmm. the huge deal they did real world which is arguably the progenitor for reality tv first reality tv show yeah uh and then now we have which you could al- which you could that. also call patient zero i mean yeah, that's it's, true yes. it's not a good thing <laughs> no this is mtv just destroying everything that yeah. Is yeah in the world and, you know, and they did, quote unquote, real issues and whatever. But I tried to watch that show and I thought it was horse shit. I'm like, yeah, I just don't care. Shit. I don't care. And then that's why when reality shows started to pick up steam in the late 90s with Survivor and all that, I'm like, I just don't care. I remember thinking that the people who were into the real world basically liked having confirmation that someone else was as banal as they were. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, oh, they can't find the right blouse. I can't find the right blouse. You know, everything. No, sucks. no, it's worse than that. They want to feel superior to the people on TV. Yeah. Right. So it's like, oh, you know, I may be a fuck up, but at least I'm not puck. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, that that leads directly to Jersey Shore, 
It's, right? like, it's, it's it definitely gets a worse and yeah. worse and worse. So thank you, MTV, for that. I guess. But everybody likes to get high and everybody likes to get laid. They're just, you know, like lower class about yeah. it. But yeah, in the, so, at the end of the day, it's the same thing. It's all shit we shouldn't be watching anyone do, you know, yeah. but. I feel you. Okay, but what was wrong about just putting music videos on the air? Why do we need to watch this bullshit? I've well, got an answer for that. Eric, uh, they, Yeah. They, when they started running uh, scripted or at least non-music video programming, no matter what it was, their worst stuff always got higher uh, numbers than a half-hour block of music videos. And also yeah. when they would approach advertisers for money to advertise, they couldn't guarantee that anyone would stay for a full half hour because the shit would be done, you know, in five minutes or less. Mm. So they had an easier time selling ad space if they could say for a full half hour, this will be going on and you'll have a captive audience. Yeah. Plus the fact that they would control the content. So that's. I think when you're a network and you hit that sort of apex of cultural cachet, that is probably the most prime thing that you want. It's like, screw these record companies. They're going to want to come to us. But if they can control the, the content, that's why you get the increasing block of programming that cuts out the music. And what's interesting. really interesting to me is that everyone talked about how much they hated MTV if they couldn't get on it. And if they were ruling MTV, they loved MTV. Yeah. And everyone would bitch if MTV told them, you're no longer cool. Like when Guns N' Roses was in high rotation and then Snoop Dogg came out and suddenly Guns N' Roses was not in fashion anymore. Yeah. But then once MTV stopped doing music altogether... Then everyone said they had killed the culture by no longer allowing people to see music. It was like, yeah. you hate it when it's on, you hate it when it's not on. I You just can't gee, win. You know, the thing was MTV were, were really running the music industry. Like, you could, mm -hmm. you could make or break somebody with MTV. And they just started, like, there was the whole boy band thing. Right? Like, I mean, there have always been boy bands. Hell, the Monkees were a boy The Beatles were a boy band, but the yeah. Monkees were the boy band. And MTV profited off. They they ran the whole Monkees series for a couple of years there and made a bunch yeah. of, you know, yeah. big revival of that. But but they had, like, you know, this New Kids on the Block and then Backstreet Boys and then NSYNC and then, like, everything else under the sun. The 98 Degrees and the fucking, I don't, you know. Don't forget, new, rattle don't forget new Edition, you bigot. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> How about Menduedo? It's tripe soup. Okay. Tripe soup? Tripe, tripe soup. soup. What about yeah. tripe soup? Tripe soup. But they just started they just started having like, you know, all of these pop acts and they were all interchangeable. And then they ruined punk with the Walmart punk thing. Uh, well, you know, that's the. Uh, but yeah. is that the? Is that sort of the snake eating its own tail? Though that's just the culture sort of coming back in on the stuff that they're trying to force us to listen to, and then well, people kind I mean, of. It's kind of like boy band Duran Duran, right? Like there are progenitors of this stuff that have actual merit, and Duran Duran, I think, does. And you know, Green Day has merit, but you know, does Good Charlotte? Eh, not so much. Girls 
I never thought Depeche Mode got their start like Depeche in a garage Mode. band. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think that's really the question. <laughs> w- were these bands started by musicians who had an interest in music, or were these bands started by producers who wanted content? So actually, the truth is Depeche Mode was started by musicians who wanted to make music. Um, well, that's why they don't suck. I mean, I'm just yeah. saying it, it isn't really a matter of you know whether or not they... You know, they were yeah. a, a garage band like any decent punk rock act should have been. Yeah, it's, it's just, not right. You know, it's, it's not like a producer decided to shit them out, like, say, the monkeys. Yeah, and it's not like Miley Cyrus's brother doing a band called Metro Station that fails miserably, thank God. Uh, that was something <laughs> that is horrifying if you ever look it up. Because it's their, they, they dress all like the Hot Topic kids, so they look all kind of like weirdly scary goth, whatever, tattoos and shit. But the music they play is so bubblegum pop, Hanson-y. It's like, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. Fuck you again, MTV. Fuck you again. <laughs> And that's where you kind of get the Disneyfication of it, because the Disney Channel came up uh, and I think sort of modeled themselves slightly off of what was going on on MTV, and then yeah. they kind of took it in a whole other direction, uh, and then everything sort of merges together culturally at some point. I th- yeah, I think that's true. Like, when, when the Spice Girls were big on MTV, and the Spice Girls were aimed at, you know, kids like brian's daughter's age and i thought that's what's going to kill music because children are being indoctrinated into corporate product and they're always going to like corporate product i i kind of feel like the music people looked at the whole 90s thing and said this is out of control we need to start from scratch let's sow some seeds let's make it so that they don't leave us until they're you know in their 50s yeah let's you know let's start programming them now yeah, because that whole uh, flannel thing died pretty quick once Cobain shot himself in the head. We need something new. Stat. Stat. <laughs> uh, what's the? Oh yeah. What's the weirdest thing you ever saw on MTV? Uh the weirdest thing I ever saw. Like as a video, like oh, just- it would have it would have been one of those like bumpers, you know, like when they would they would have stuff like Ludo the Butcher or whatever, like they you know yeah. they would just throw ever- random ass shit in between yeah. the 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 TV, and they would find independent animators oh. and turn it into an MTV. Yeah, the one that bumper. always weirded me out was the the M that had the five day stubble, and it would like breathe. And then this shaving cream can would come in off the side of the screen and sh- and like spray the TV onto it. <laughs> that one always made I, me freak out. I maintain the the weirdest thing I've ever seen is the guy who does all the shaking and flipping in the I Can't Get No Satisfaction Devo video. That guy still scares me. His name is Spaz Attack, I believe. Yeah. 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 And yes. I can't tell if he's wearing a mask or not. He just looks frightening (laughs) well the weirdest thing i remember seeing ever and it was like 1983 i guess it was when they were doing the friday night video fights you remember those Mm -hmm. and like photographed by def leppard ran for like 30 30 weeks or whatever it was stupid but one of the videos that ran for a couple weeks as a winner uh and i just sometimes i feel like i just dreamed it but it was this band called dog police and they did a song called dog police and if you watch the video it's like they're all dressed up like dogs with like prosthetic makeup and whatnot 
and uh, doing the sign. It's like, dog police, where are we coming from? Dog police, nobody knows where you are. And that's like, what the fuck am I watching? And I remember being like 13, just going, this is, this is kind of cool, but not. You just reminded me of something that, okay, this tops the spaz guy. Uh, Oingo Boingo's video for I Love Little Girls, which is a great song, (laughs) and the video does not shy away from the song being about child rape and how awesome it can be. I mean, the thing is, it ends with a Girl Scout leaving uh, Danny Elfman's house, like, shaking, because, you know, she just got, you know, slammed by the Oingo Boingo. It's, I, I never heard anyone comment on it. I've never heard anyone say, how the fuck probably, did that get past the censors? You probably won't. Yeah, but find that one on YouTube and you tell me that isn't like yeah. horrifying. Well, yeah, it's just weird looking back on it because the early 90s is when I really started to tune out. Uh, sure. And, and just not As bother. everybody. Well, our age anyway. Uh, but like the last thing I remember was when MTV started to get sort of self referential, uh, and meta and just started making fun of itself somewhat. And then you would have the bumps by like Dennis Leary doing his agitated comedian thing. Uh, but you know, doing the thing like REM shiny, happy people. He's like, pull that bus over to the side of the pretentiousness turnpike. You know, it's like, I want the shiny people over here. I want the happy people over here. I'm part of the gun toting meat eating people. And that was sort of this at the sort of the beginning of the end because it's, like, it's kind of oh, like how tra- did you pull that? <laughs> yeah, but they're, oh my they're, god! They're tra- well, they played it all the time, uh, <laughs> and that was right around when No Cure for Cancer was coming out. So yeah, yeah, he was a big deal. And that is a selection from No Cure for Cancer. Yeah. I actually wonder if he shopped that and said, you know, oh, I'm the yeah, I'm the angry guy, or yeah, which came first, the. The horrible uh, uh, self-referential MTV spot, or the horrible no cure for cancer. <laughs> That's a, a fair question. The, probably the uh, yeah. album, and then MTV co-ops it for, yeah. a, for a promo, which is what the happened chicken, with a lot of that stuff. Yeah, the chicken or the asshole, which one? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's stuff like that, and then you know they would do like the shorts, like Joe's apartment was always weird to me, uh, and then you would get like Beavis and Butthead, and then they started going into way more programming and for a while there it was sort of most of it was not good but there was enough that you would tune in for like you mentioned liquid television and stuff like that yeah well i mean they started heavily catering to the stoner crowd right yeah there was liquid television and And liquid television actually i i don't miss that because spike and mike's uh festival that's where they that's where they got most of of it yeah 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 Yeah. Um, but that's where you get beavis and butthead uh, and then you get Syphil and Ollie, which is like a progenitor to the Adult Swim stuff on Cartoon Network. Yeah, you know, like just you know, that was that was fun stuff. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like we're at the point where we're like we're at MTV's diminishing returns, and we're at the podcast diminishing returns. I'm not sure what else there is to say about it <laughs> other than it was awesome, and now it sucks. Well, I've got okay. This is how I would capsulize it. We like to talk about how I don't know MTV was part of some greater age that MTV used to be better because they showed videos. That this is this is really us being old men. And the truth is, MTV was never anything good or bad. It's just better to be young. I think MTV was our Wolfman Jack. Yeah, our you know, Dick, our Dick was, Clark. Yeah. Pretty much, I, yeah. It was it was the DJ we all listened to. 
I yeah. I would say that's that's a fair assessment. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, hell, they they had a contest, and John Cougar Mellencamp uh, gave someone a, a little pink house. Uh, Ugh, I mean, you can't really top that. that. I'm going to give you the keys. I'm going to give you the deed, and we're going to paint this mother pink. I I mean, I it, wonder did they did they ever like default on the loan? On that I house? don't know. Well, What's they gave the history of that. Well, they gave away a small town in Texas too, and apparently that turned into a big boondoggle. The contest where you could win a plane party with the police uh, during their synchronicity tour that turned into a giant clusterfuck. Apparently, like you, oh. the, like you would get the VJ to ride with you, you'd see the show, and then they would show vacation on the plane. Uh, but the lawyer didn't want to get sued for not giving the full value of the package, and so. Uh, they had to wait for Martha Quinn to show up to the plane because she got mobbed at a restaurant before she could get there. So everybody was drunk. The They were late for the show. On the way back, the lawyer made them watch the entire vacation movie before they would <laughs> land. So they had to circle the New York airport for like an hour. <laughs> it was like, what? So uh, that to me encapsulates everything that is MTV. It's like, we're going to give you the shiny baubles, but then you're going to get rammed in the butthole afterwards. Cause it's just it's not sh- worth it. Yeah. MTV. It's a shit show, but Oh, what a shit show. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, the dead Kennedys had it right when they sang uh, MTV, get off the air. I think that's the one and only true anthem that I'm going to stick with. And as the dead Kennedys play us out, I'll remind you all that uh, we appreciate your listenership and you can check out past episodes of the Magnificently Huge podcast on our website, maghuge.com. And there you can also find ways to contact us like our Twitter feed at maghuge, facebook.com slash magnificently huge, Instagram, magnificently huge, or you can email magnificently huge at gmail.com. Join us every week for more Gen X nostalgia, cynicism, and bullshit on the Magnificently Huge Podcast. And so it was, our beloved corporate gods claimed they created rock video, allowing it to sink as low in one year as commercial TV has in 25. TV, get up the air, now!